Welcome to another episode of the OC Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Kenzie Vanunu. How are you today? I am so good. I feel like we're really getting deep into this show. You know, like it's not backstory anymore. It's like finally moving. I'm really into yeah. it. We've been, you know, kind of really, really been like entree, 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 entree. Uh, character development and stuff like that. Now that Ryan's part of the, of the Coens and stuff like that. So it's the first time we have a, this episode kind of had a lot more filler. I felt like than the previous, yeah. previous episodes. Did you feel that as well? Yeah, I, that's why, like, when it ended, and it kind of, like, abruptly ends, I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch the next one, even though that's not what I'm supposed to do. And I did not do it, but I really wanted to. But I felt like nothing really, like, happened. It was just, like, stuff. I don't know. But I still really liked it. It was just, like, the first episode I was like, can something good or exciting or, like, important happen? Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of filler, a lot of, like, let's, it, after four kind of jam-packed, so it's finally like taking the foot off the pedal a little bit, which is something I think they should have done a little bit earlier. In- yeah, because then know. this one felt a little like, like you're slamming on the brakes or something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're in season one, episode five. I'll give you the brief but very long synopsis here. I'm going to try to read this stuff again. This is take two here. But Ryan <laughs> takes a <laughs> shack diner. A co-worker named Donnie might mean bad news for Newport kids when he takes Ryan and Seth out to party queen Holly Fisher's parties where drug and alcohol flow freely. Ryan asks Marissa out on a date, and when Luke again tries to intervene, Meanwhile, Andy attempts to help Jimmy sort out his life and give him some bad news that may make him go to jail for unauthorized loans to cover his tracks. Also, Julie reveals a long-held secret to Kirsten about her past. Now that I've literally told you the entire episode, um, I don't Do know what we're going to talk about. Do they know what synopsis means? <laughs> like, <laughs> We've complained about the lack of synopsises on all the episodes so far. This one had the longest, like, all more words than the first four combined, and then some, I think. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> I also think that um, it says Donnie tried to starve off Luke. Dot 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 with a gun. Like yeah. what? Like <laughs> oh god. It, oh, and the god. thing about it is, is like it, it's it's kind of not really kind of what happens. Like it's like one has nothing to do like with Ryan. It's because it says comma. Ryan asked Marissa out for a date, and then Luke again tries to intervene but did he really though like that's not really what happened but that is so oh, weird also we like really... i like that it says like ryan asks marissa on a date like ryan asks marissa on like five dates like, <laughs> in, one, in one episode <laughs> like it just kept happening and like this I don't know, this synopsis i don't know it says anonymous like halfway through you reading it i was like who wrote this this yeah, is anonymous I, I gotta find out who anonymous is if anonymous <laughs> is listening from imdb uh Listen, we're going to go back and re-edit all of these summaries and synopsises for each one of these episodes. So, all right. So, um, we kick off the episode. Kick us off there, Kenzie. We kick off the episode with Ryan on his bike and Seth on a skateboard on the pier. And I just got to say, like, that just warms my heart to see them in their little, like, routine already. I love that they always have their bike and skateboard transportation. But they're like on the pier complaining about money. And it's so funny to me because they haven't really addressed that, you know, like it must be really awkward. Someone takes you in as a teenager. Like, are they just going to pay for Ryan for everything? And like, it becomes very obvious, like they are just paying for Ryan for everything. It was just a really like funny setup because I'm like, this is actually a really serious conversation. And then he's having it with Seth eating lobster at lunch. Yeah, it was very weird. Like, exactly. And it's like, oh, I'll pay for it with the credit card. No, 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 I can't. And then, like, like Ryan, what are you going to do, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy. Um, I did think that one of the funnier lines right off the back was that we all know you get mileage in the tank top. That was... It's so <laughs> funny. Because, like, he's already... I like that um, Kirsten, obviously... He says Kirsten bought him some shirts. And it's really funny because it's like he still has, like, that Ryan style. Like, it didn't really change. No, it's still like his all. like 
overshirt with a tank underneath, like typical Ryanette would look. But yeah. um, the choker is gone. Um, RIP to Ryan's choker. We'll miss you. I hope he comes back soon. It's a really sad moment. <laughs> <laughs> moment of silence for Ryan's choker here. Honestly. Um, Another funny thing um, was whenever you see um, Seth go, they're our parents. They work for us. <laughs> just I like, like that. And then he goes, they're my guardians. He's like, same thing. Like, it's so <laughs> funny. It was really funny. Like, it's so funny because it's such a serious conversation, but he's having it with Seth. So Seth is like, they're parents. They work for us. Like, <laughs> nothing serious. <laughs> and the funny thing that. about it, like, Seth has no motivation to be like, yeah, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to Yeah, I mean, so, like, it's so funny because I assume that Ryan's already had a job. Like, I don't assume this is Ryan's first job because of, like, the home situation he left. I'm assuming he right. had a job Absolutely. and had to make his own money. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's like, Ryan's been there, what, like, I think a couple days. And he's like, I should get a job. And I'm like, Seth is, what, 17, never had a job, probably never going to. Like, it's just yeah, really Seth- has no desire to work, no desire to get his hands dirty, and he's just like, you know, he has that motto in his head. They're their parents. They work for us. And it's like, what? It's really funny. And it's like, I don't think of Seth as like a brat, but I'm like, I mean, he obviously is. Like, Absolutely. A funny thing that also happens right there is when the glass shatters, right? Um, and you hear the guy, he gets fired, whatever. Can we just talk about how we just automatically assumed that Ryan was going to get the job, right? Um, the funny thing about it is, is you are in that higher end area of town. I'm pretty certain, like, if you have a, a record, they're not going to want you serving these hoity-toity individuals. Like, they go, they did a background check on the guy, but, every, you know, Ryan is pretty known in this small circle for being a little bit of a troublemaker, right? Yeah, like, later in the episode, Sandy talks about, this is a small town, like, that gossip won't die. And I'm like, you know, like, I remember getting it, like, I grew up somewhere smaller, but, like, I remember going to get jobs and, like, people coming in to apply and, like, managers, like, gossiping about them. I can only imagine it's worse somewhere like Newport, like, but it's really funny because I, like, there's no question, like, Ryan's just going to get this job because I'm assuming people like Luke don't apply for jobs. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. like, they have to take that, what they can get. You're not getting the jobs. There, yeah, you're probably right. They're probably, they, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny. It was really to just funny. kind of assume. Yeah, uh, we have a very funny the intro. And yep. I just want to say, um, if HBO or HBO Max or whatever is listening, do not put the skip intro button on the OC. No. This intro is too important. The song is too important. Do not disgrace us like that with a skip intro button i i was really upset yeah and the thing about it it's not very long either right it's, okay it's, the intro is so a... short like and i can't get over that luke is like uh really important enough to be in the intro like every time he pops up no offense to the guy that plays luke he's probably a really nice guy but like i don't want to see luke in the intro i'm ready for marissa or i mean um, summer to get added to the intro Oh my god! I've got so much to say about summer episode and summer in this episode again. It's really heartbreaking. I'm ready um, for summer to get better. <laughs> my I'm god, ready. it's. <laughs> yeah. We have the funny moment where we see uh, Sandy in the hallway, just kind of chilling and uh, not wanting to enter the room where all the ladies are and uh, all the noobsies. Know, chatting, the noobsies chatting about the uh, biggest scandal that has hit, you know, Newport in quite a while. I'm sure you know what I mean. We have. Mr. Jimmy stealing everybody's money, but I just thought it was very funny right there whenever Ryan and Seth kind of enter the room and Sandy just kind of just and wait, I'm waiting for them to disperse. Like he's he wants no part of the conversation at all. It's really funny because it's like you're in your mind, you're like, dude, just go get your briefcase, but it's like you know it's going to turn into this whole thing. And he has to comment if he comes in and he doesn't want to comment, doesn't want to talk to them, doesn't want to be a part of it. It's such a funny Sandy moment. And I love that he, like, when both the boys walk up, he immediately, like, shushes them. Like, stop. It's so funny. I just love Sandy. It's hilarious. So much so. Like, can we, like, last episode, I didn't feel like we got a whole lot of Sandy. This episode, I was like, I need more Sandy. Like, there should be a, 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 
a minimum amount that we get to see Sandy every episode. And it's like 20 minutes or so. Like you have a 40, 45 minute episode because there's no commercials. So I need a solid 20 from Sandy in every episode. I agree. That's a good, it's a good amount of time. He right, just it, brings so much of the episode and it's so obvious when he's not in it. Um, he, he just deserves to be the first build on the show and he deserves half the time of the show. Absolutely. Um, I do think it's hilarious. Obviously, everybody's talking about how, you know, the scandal this big is they're going to be dining on it. I thought that line was was very, very well shot and read well, uh, you know, delivered as well. Because it's funny because you're, it's right. Everybody's just this is not going to die down tomorrow. <laughs> And because, like, if you think about it, they probably know that Jimmy stole money, and they probably know most of his clients, but they probably don't know, like, the extent of it, so it's, like, every time more information comes out, it's just gonna keep getting bigger, so I can't imagine, like, it starts out with, like, that, what is that lady's name, Taryn? I don't remember. She's, like, probably sitting there gossiping, like, saying lies, and then the truth comes out, and she's like, oh my god, it's so much worse than we thought. I can't imagine how long it would go on. And, like, on top of all of it, like, everybody found out at the same time in public, and he got, like, punched in the face. So it's, like, it was really dramatic. Like, I don't blame them for gossiping about it. Like, I would gossip about it. That's the thing. It, it's, it's to me, it's, like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is going to be – and to, you know, everybody else kind of playing it off. It'll be it'll be gone in a couple months. No, it's, it's really not going to be. And – um. Can we talk about we cut to a scene right with Jimmy and Julia? Uh, can we talk about how much of I really just want to go back to episode three that we did this podcast, and I want to take back my MVP because I don't think <laughs> any worse of a person, right? You know, Jimmy's trying to figure out the plan, what their next steps are, what yeah, and she just kind of looks at him and goes, "This is your mess, Jimmy. You're gonna clean it up." Does what happens how it happens he he, she acts like she has no part of this i mean she this is the theme of the episode that that julie is just i'm completely innocent and it's like that particular moment right there i was like oh my god i regret ever making her mvp of this episode any episode ever (laughs) even in the future (laughs) for julie um yeah julie's the worst i just think that like I understand she's upset. Like, she technically, like, she also kind of found out at the same time as everyone else, which is probably really upsetting and horrible. But, like, she married him. Like, you have to be there for him. It's your family. And I understand, like, he did something really horrible. And I understand, like, you want to take a step back and, like, Legally, like, I wouldn't want to be involved. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to think I was involved. But it's like, this is a family matter. She should be handling it with him as a married couple. And, like, if she doesn't want to be married, sure, fine, whatever. Do what you want. Do what you need to do. But, like, as of right now, she's still living in the house that he bought them. And you got to be a team player, man. And, like, she should be honest with him. Like, it bothers me so much that later on she starts spilling her guts to people that she, like, in this current scene is like, I hate them. I have to go. And it's like, why don't you talk it out with Jimmy? Like, I just don't get it. I just don't understand the lack of communication in their relationship. It's kind of crazy. And it's a, they explain a little bit of it later on, which a lot of it's what we really already understand about the dynamic of the relationship. But it's still just... To me, I didn't really enjoy this particular scene because I I know Julie just found this out, just like everybody else did, right? But she has zero compassion at all throughout this entire, like, episode one to now. The only thing that she's done is is telling Sandy. It's just like, like, Sandy doesn't like Jimmy and Sandy has more compassion for Jimmy than Julie. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. It's so bad. I don't get it's it. So... Their couple, do like, I. their dynamic as a couple is really stressful, and I don't know. And Jimmy, like, his nervous chuckle makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, so I, bad. if I met him and I didn't know any of this, like, I wouldn't let him manage my money. Like, I'd be like, sorry, bro. Like, this no, he looks, you he, looks, 
Exactly. He looks like, like a sleazeball. Yeah, like, I can't. Oh. So, when we transition here again, we see Summer, who is also a again. Does Summer wear clothes in the first five episodes of the show? Is the first question I have for you, Kenzie. Um, you know, even when she does wear clothes, like her cotillion dress, it was still fitted like a swimsuit, and I don't understand. Because what's so funny is later on in the series, I really like the way Summer dresses, and I don't understand. Like, it's just so weird. Like, I'm ready. Where? When does school start? What is? What month is it on this show? <laughs> like, do they go to school? I'm so confused. We have a nice little banter back and forth between, um, you know, this is where they have the banter on the beach, right? Um, um, were you really uncomfortable when Summer's like, well, Luke can pay for you? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Aren't they like 17? Like, what is happening? Summer has it completely convinced that, I mean, she's got this, but if you think about it, though, think about this for five seconds. I just thought about this. She kind of has the same mind frame that Seth does. Like, Seth does not intend for anybody else to pay for his stuff. Well, I mean, outside of his parents, but Summer just has it made up in her mind that, you know, her, Marissa, I mean, I'm surprised that she, when she said that, she said, well, do you think Ryan could pay for it? What about Seth? What about, you know, what about the Coens? Like, it's just so weird. Like, I yeah. guess it's something I'll never understand because I'm never going to have that kind of money. But like, good Lord, like these kids. And then out of love, she goes, well, yeah, my dad gave me a credit card that I'm going to use that Wait, we can use um, that for lunch. This is, the, like, probably the only time this will happen. She calls her stepmom, stepmom. And as long as I can remember, she's always called her stepmom, stepmonster. And it was really funny because I was like, oh, my God, she's going to call her the stepmonster. And then she just said stepmom. And I was a little, a little let down by Summer here. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, and then we transition, obviously, um, back to where prize they go to eat at the one place that Ryan just got a job. You know what I mean? There's a surprise, right? Um, but the the dynamic here, this, which is interesting, as we go inside, Marissa is now got at least a shirt on, right? I but love that Summer, someone's not wearing a shirt. It makes no <laughs> sense. It makes no sense. Like I need someone to explain it. But here we go again. Summer is no longer is still in her bathing suit nothing nothing else is it's so weird right i just feel like maybe she was supposed to be some eye candy and don't get me wrong like um, yeah, we all know rachel wilson's hot look at what point did like in the first five episodes we're like maybe we'll put some clothes on her you know what i'm saying like i just felt like it was very in front of us in so many different ways and i wasn't i'm not a big fan of it at all right you know what i mean i just feel like there's no her character just sucks through five episodes. I'm just going to be honest. I hope Kinsey. the sixth episode we get a little, a little yeah. better with Summer because uh, it's been rough. It's been hard to watch. Um, so we actually have this weird back and forth banter, which is super awkward, right? It's so awkward because like you're like God, just date and be like a couple, like you know, like. Oh, it's so frustrating. And then um, that stupid Vampire Diaries guy just lurking in the background. I, oh God. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get it at all. Um, I, that scene was weird. Obviously, it meant to be. I, I was okay with it. Kind of moving on though. Um, we get the uh, Jimmy Sandy dynamic, which. Oh my God! Is, and the dog uh, is back. I don't remember the dog's name. It's in my other notebook. Um. <laughs> Only the yeah. second. It's like the fifth episode, the second episode with the dog. As someone who has a dog, um, it's a big part of my life taking him out and stuff. So, uh, what's the deal with Marissa's dog? Yeah. Dustin. It, it His name is Dustin. Appearances as well, uh, every once in a while, whenever it's required for Jimmy to be outside. That's literally the only reason. Like they needed a reason for Jimmy to be outside the first time we met Dustin. Now they needed a reason for Sandy to be driving and running into. Um, Jimmy and offering him legal advice and it's really funny because he is like why why would you do that you don't even like me and Sandy's like I'm a public defender I defend a lot of people I don't like oh man I'll tell you what when I heard that scene I literally rewound it and and, and I was like I gotta get that full quote down you know I'm a public defender I represent a lot of people you don't like or I don't like oh my god it was oh god 
It's Again. so funny because like Sandy's like, I'll be nice to you, but I still don't like you. Exactly. He's a, well, that's the thing about Sandy. Sandy is to your face honest, but he's at least helping him and showing a little bit of compassion. Obviously, you know, for the sake of his wife also, you know what I mean? He's, he is, you know, help. I think if it wasn't for Kirsten's relationship with Jimmy, that I don't think Sandy would be involved in this situation. But uh, I did think it was funny because you're right. He did basically tells him to his face, I don't like you, but I'm going to help you regardless, basically for Kirsten. You know what I mean? That's basically the dynamic right there. It was really funny. So Summer sets uh, up on this crazy, weird blind date. And that went well, right? <laughs> it's, like, so uncomfortable. Like, the second that Luke is, like, around, I just... <sighs> I want to vomit. He's just, like, like he literally is, like, let's not talk about things. Let's just do something. I'm, like, bro, you're her boyfriend. Like, you're supposed to let her, like, talk to you about everything that's going on. And, like... Why doesn't he want to talk to her? It's just so unfortunate. And um, I want to punch him in the face the entire scene. But specifically when he's like, you can't blame Holly for that. I mean, your dad stole all their money. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like we the all way know that comfort your girlfriend. <laughs> Brownie points back into her life, really. And at the same time, like, we all, everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that the one person that shouldn't say it, it would be the person that is, you know, trying to get a or, you know, being loving slipped the way it came out. It was just a bad scene all around. It was so uncomfortable. And I literally was like, I felt like I was watching a horror movie. I was trying to cover my eyes. I couldn't watch it. It was so bad. Um, there was, there there was a funny, oh God. Um, there, there's another scene that's, that's, it's a line there. It says that Abercrombie and Finch water, plo- uh, water polo playing bitch wouldn't last two minutes in Corona. I, I was befuddled whenever the man said Corona. Um, I was, I don't know if you caught that as well there, Kenzie, but it was very, I, I heard, I had to rewind it a little bit to make sure they did say Corona, but also because I thought that that Aber- Abercrombie and Finch water polo playing bitch wouldn't last two minutes in Corona. So <laughs> what were your thoughts behind that one? I, it was it's first off, it's a mouthful, but it's uh, such a mouthful. A, um, I wonder how many takes that was for them to get that out in like one sentence. Um, for me, it took two. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know people from Corona. Shout out to Corona if anyone from Corona is listening. Hey. Um, uh, but it was really funny because I didn't even think about like COVID. Like, just because I try not to think about how different and difficult life is right now. But, like, um, that's so funny thinking about it now. Like, that's so random. Because it could have been from anywhere. Like, there's a million cities it could have been from. But I wonder if they went, like, C, Corona, C, Chino, in, like, a alliteration kind of manner. I don't know. It was really funny. But I love that... Um, he calls him Abercrombie later in the episode, and it's hilarious. So I just like that he, like, focused in on, like, this guy wears Abercrombie and Fitch, and this is what he's going to call him. It's so funny. Literally the entire time. It's fantastic. Like, like, it's... I, like I don't condone bullying or any sense, but, like, Luke is not um, a nice person, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but I like when someone, like, picks on someone, and they, uh, I don't like when anyone picks on anyone. Sorry, that was weird. Um, but they like dial in on a nickname that they just don't let up and it's like completely random. I mean, it's obviously not random, but it's just really funny that he's like, you know what? I'm going to call this guy. I don't know Abercrombie. Like, exactly. It's so bizarre. Also like Corona's not close. So like, where does this guy live? I, okay. So I did know it was a city, but I, that was the conversation that we were going to have live on the air about this because I wanted to get the idea of how close Newport and Corona is to each other. Like where are we at on the maps? Because him saying that it makes it sound like it's next door or at least, you know, maybe a 15, 20 minute drive. Is it that, or is it something deeper than that? Let me see. Because to me, it was less like a, it's like 34 miles. Oh, it's that isn't that far. Okay, all right. 
Yeah, but that's 34 miles here. Well, yeah, 30, 30 I forgot. Yeah, 30 miles in, in like California. Like, it's close is like, to Chino. But, like, I guess, I guess they couldn't, yeah. You wouldn't live there and then work at a restaurant in Newport. Absolutely. Well, and then on top of that, they're not going to want you to bring that mess from Corona to Newport either, right? Yeah, like, I feel like they would hire locals. So maybe he has, like, an apartment nearby or something. But it's really weird because he's always like, what's going on here? What's going on in Newport? Like, if you lived there, wouldn't you know? Yeah, the funny thing about it is, though, we do know at the same time um, that none of the kids in Newport want to work. That's a problem with finding people to work in Newport. (laughs) So weird. Like, encourage your kids to get part-time jobs if anybody with teenagers is listening for some reason absolutely uh, can we talk about how whenever ryan or seth finds out ryan's going to hang out with somebody he acts like it's a jail so scorn lover it's so <laughs> it's sad so i like have always talked about how i don't like sad ryan but sad seth made me very sad yeah he was he literally was walking around the scorned girlfriend that really was just Super excited to hang out with his BFF, and then his BFF just lets him down. I love when he's like, I was just in the neighborhood, and I noticed it was 6 o'clock. Like, bro, you were at your house. You checked <laughs> the time and then rode your bi- your skateboard to the yeah. restaurant. Like, don't yeah. lie, Seth. Don't lie. He's like, oh, look, Ryan's getting off work. I'm going to swing by and see him. It's so cute. Um, can we talk? We go again. Uh, another note: uh, Summer in no clothes again. But oh, this yeah, is delivers li- a great line. All right, hit us with it. Luke's a boy. Maybe he can't handle it. Burn. Call Luke a boy, not a man. We love to see it. A little um, cool summer going on there. I mean, yeah, her wardrobe hasn't improved, but oh, it, it only gets worse though. Um, your your mom will go away. Um, your your they'll miss each other. Sex. Um, so like, the lo- this is like the second time she's brought up Jimmy and sex, and I'm like, bro, like summer is so better than this. <laughs> like, it's bad. And the thing about it is, is like I'm so upset with the the arc here. It's just it's so bad. And like you right. I was like, oh my god, that was the best written line Summer has said. And then they follow it with one of the worst written lines again with Summer. I just. I, I don't I don't I don't like it at all. Um, and then we're gonna follow it up with the probably the sweetest moment uh, to date on the episode. Am I, I right by saying that? Um, uh, Ryan pulls up and he's like, "I'm just on my way to the office." And Marissa's like, "Me too." And I'm like, "This is so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, they're so <laughs> weird." Just like, and then like Ryan takes control of the situation and does make it like really sweet and cute. But it was just so funny because I'm like, "You guys are so awkward." Just like converse like normal people it's so it's so weird but at the same time it's so good right because you get that finally you get that ryan you know he's like you know i was asking you out on a date earlier and i mean i was and and uh you know they they make the uh they make a little date right it's so cute it's so sweet it's like Uh, finally such a great moment it's it's one of those moments we've obviously been waiting for four and a half episodes in here um about the idea of Jimmy and Sam hanging out is just totally weird to me. Is it weird to you as well? Um, I actually think they're really cute once they start hanging out because um, I hope my dad's not listening. My dad's not listening. My dad doesn't really have a lot of friends like outside of like my mom's friends and he became friends with our neighbor a few years ago and now they hang out and stuff and before i thought they had nothing in common but they just like ended up being like two old dudes hanging out because they were neighbors and i'm sure it's hard for sandy to find friends in newport and if he just like would put his like i hate newport feelings aside he made a friend in jimmy it's so cute (laughs) it's interesting watching them play video games together it's kind of funny and they have like junk food everywhere and they're like talking about how old they are and i'm like why are you guys eating Doritos? <laughs> it's so funny. The ladies who are out in their lady, gav- you know, gavelantling around on their vacation. Together. Um, and then we have Julie with one of the best lines in the entire world, right? My, my domain is the kitchen and the bedroom. LOL. Like, what? 
Um, who really thinks Julia cooks? <laughs> like, that was what I walked away from that whole scene with, was like, nobody thinks Julie cooks. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What do you know? I'm Julie like, so you cooks. clearly didn't hold up your end of the bargain either. Exactly. It was really like, funny. My domain's the kitchen in the bedroom. And I'm like, do you guys even like each other enough to have sex either? Like, is that like, so really, what what do you bring to the table, Julie? Like, it's Well, how not, old is Caitlin? Um, probably pre, pre-teens, maybe? A little bit older? Is she older than that? I don't know. I feel I don't like she's remember. probably like 10 or 11. Exactly. Because like she comes back and she's still in high school. And it's like years later. So... Yeah, probably 10 or 11. So at least we know, like, 11 years ago. <laughs> 11 years <laughs> At least. No, it's been, it's been at least that long. Um, oh. And then, of course, we get, we get Julie being the martyr. Oh, my God. Um, I understand the scene here, right? I do understand it. But, God, it just makes you hate Julie so much more, it doesn't it? It makes you hate Julie so much. And I'm just like... I I understand what she's doing, but my favorite part about the whole thing is, like, everyone has sunglasses on, and you can't see anyone's, like, eyes, and it's driving me nuts, because the one lady doesn't have sunglasses on, and you can see her eyes get really big when Julie starts talking, and I'm like, I wish I could see Kirsten's face, like, as Julie's saying all of this, because Kirsten's obviously going to stand up for Jimmy, and it's just, like, really funny, because I wish you could see her face, but I love that, like, Julie knows everything is a scene and she has to be in control and like write her own narrative. It's so extra and it's only something that like Julie does. Oh, absolutely. Because she's all playing, like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. The funny thing about it is, is really wish somebody would have just called her out and said, no, Julie's not going to get a divorce. You know, what, what, what would she get a divorce right now? <laughs> right. I love when you know she's I mean? like, she, Kirsten's so lucky she has a career and she's like, it's not luck. It's hard work. But like, I wish I had my own income right now. And I'm like, what would Julie do? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess we find out way later when she tries to start her own business, what she would do. But like, um, that doesn't work out. What we've been presented in front of us right now, Julie wouldn't be able to flip a burger at Burger King right now. You apparently, know I mean? like, apparently, God, she's so annoying. She really is. Um, of course, we get the dynamic where we're back at the restaurant where Seth seems to be there all the time um, when Ryan so gets off work. <laughs> like he should just get a job there, just so he can hang out with him all day. Um, we get the scene where uh, Donnie. Um, our our good friend Donnie there. Um, Ryan has a big date, right? You know, we have the big date with Ryan and Marissa. And then, of course, Donnie kind of talks to Seth and um, ask him, you know, hey, do you want to hang out? And then, of course, you know, Seth goes, I <laughs> my favorite line I think I've ever heard says, I, I do enjoy the crazy honeys. That it's, was fantastic. I couldn't get over like honeys was used like five times in the <laughs> comments. I was like, stop saying honeys. <laughs> like, I'll pay you. Stop. Oh, so annoying. It was, it was, it was, it was an interesting dynamic there. Um, I did love Ryan being the big brother there, right? It was so um, cute. Super sweet moment um, for me because obviously, you know, Seth is Newport. They're going to a party in Corona. Um, and Ryan knows how those parties go. Seth obviously does not. And Ryan does not want Seth going on by himself, which later on we figure out why. Um, but it, I thought it was a very sweet scene for Ryan and kind of showing that uh, warm side. He has an interesting way of showing it, right? He doesn't, like, you know, say, hey, dude, I'm worried about you. He just walks up. No, you're not going to that. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so Ryan. Because he's, like, not one with words and whatnot. So he's just like, no, you can't go. It's just really funny also, um, Seth has been talking about this IMAX movie for like three episodes, and I'm like, he really wants to go, please let Seth go see this movie in IMAX. Like, Abe will not stop bringing it up. But it's really funny, like, he's like, always said like he can't make friends, and like, ever since Ryan showed up, he's made a lot of friends. Hashtag, where is Anna in this episode? She, right, she was a pivotal point of our last episode, and she just kind of disappeared on us, right? Very strange. 
it was it was very very interesting um real quick uh one had one random note here um obviously we go back to jimmy and we go back to sandy right so the interesting scene here i found weird obviously i understand it's jimmy right but who lets other people answer their phone i know it's it's weird weird. it's It's very weird weird for me i guess i i I understand it's jimmy blah 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 because we get that weird scene where it's jimmy Talking to Kirsten, and then of course Julie walks up, and and oh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> she's so annoying. Yeah, it's, it's she's just has this nonchalant, um, just oh, like you know, oh, you're comforting, um, you know, comforting him, you know, the way you are or whatever. It just was, I, I don't know, I just didn't like the dynamic. And then we probably come up about the most awkward scene that we've seen in a couple episodes, I would say. Um, when, when they're sitting there talking to each other, Jimmy and, and Sandy are, and, you know, Sandy goes, I'm still 22 years old. It was the best, you know, best year of my life. And then. Oh my God. It's and so then, uncomfortable. I can't even re-listen to it. And it's not even them saying it, but I can't listen to it again. <laughs> it's, it's so bad because Sandy goes, you know, I'm still 22 years old, basically at heart. And it was the best year of my life. And then. Jimmy retorts, why? And then Sandy goes, it was when I met Kirsten. And then Sandy says to Jimmy, 16, why? Asking the same question, why he still feels like he's 16 at heart. And he says, that's when I met Kirsten. And I was like. truly the most (laughs) uncomfortable. I wanted to like rip my ears out. Like, even if that is how Jimmy felt, why did he say it? Say something else. I I thought for a second whenever he said that, right, you forget for a minute that he says that, right? So for me personally, I was listening to that. I heard him say that, and I'm just like, wait a minute. What? Did he just say Kirsten? T-? Like, no matter what situation you're in, okay, putting yourself in Sandy's shoes for a minute. I'll put myself in Sandy. No, dude, that's not, like, so let's just say, what are they, maybe in their mid-40s, right, I would say? Yeah, that's what I would say, too. So you're talking, let's just say, let's just say he's 45, right? Let's that you're going back 30 years since you've met my my at the time, my wife, and that's oh. still the best moment of your life, or you know, where your happiest was. You've had a couple, you know, you've had a kid, you've got a wife, you got a family, et cetera, et cetera. But the happiest moment you could date back while I'm sitting there helping you, hopefully preventing you from going to jail, or if you're going to go to jail, I'm reducing your sentence. You're going to talk about how meeting my wife was one of the best moments of your life. And that's the moment that you kind of replay in your head over and over again. That and is like it's so uncomfortable because it's like he knows what he would need to do to keep Kirsten. And so it's like really just sickening. And don't say that to people. Just don't say that to people. I don't understand. I, I wanted to like plug my ears to something when he was it saying was bad it, it was, was so it was cringy it was very cringy so cringy and oh. I, the, the weird thing about it was is there was really no dynamic it was just like sandy had a weird look it, on his face like, and then it just panned say? away i don't need that to me i i i don't even like i can't even imagine like I, I don't even know what i would say i'd probably be angry i guess but it would be also like do i really want this guy around my family anymore right that's where my head that's- yeah, like, it's so, I just, it makes me feel so icky, God, and, like, I already feel like Jimmy's so slimy, and it just doesn't help at all. Yeah, because he's basically admitting to Sandy that he's still in love with his wife, more or less, you know Yeah, what I mean? and, like, like, they're next-door neighbors, like, stop, oh, God, disrespect boundaries, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so uncomfortable, Jimmy, uh, you know what, I'm ready for Summer to improve and Jimmy to disappear. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so then we have the follow-up here where we, uh, obviously we know some crazy stuff happens at the party. We have the scene where... The Range Rover! Yes, the Range Rover. It's so funny. Uh, Sandy goes, so this happened in the parking lot of the IMAX theater. And (laughs) Seth goes, shark movies bring out out a rough crowd. (laughs) It's so funny. I need to know, like, is that... Was there a shark movie coming out at the time? Is this like a National Geographic thing? Like, what is it? I need to know. I'm going to do some investigating as to what right. movies came out in the summer of August uh, 2003. Yeah. Probably nothing. No shark movies that I can remember. Maybe uh, what was the one with LL Cool J? Um, man, that was a good one, too. Can't think of it right Deep now. Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. 
Yeah, when did that come out? Maybe that came out there around that time. Pretending he saw. No, that came out in 1999. That's a bummer. Um, Peter Gallagher, Adam Brody, I know you're listening because that's what you do. Um, tell us what shark movie it was. Absolutely. No. Question to you here is this. All right, so we have the uncomfortableness between Seth and Seth, or not sorry, between Sandy and Jimmy, right? Now let's talk about. We have Kirsten where she's calling out the crew about. This is like one of the best moments of any episode. It's so funny. Like, because they've always like shown you that Kirsten doesn't really like the noopsies. Right. And I can't imagine being lumped in with them. She probably overhears so much garbage. Just so much. And it's so funny. She's probably been like compiling this. Oh, and for then years. just like is like enough. Like it's so funny. It's epic. So, question to you: This is it's off. Okay, it was a great moment, right? But is Kirsten wrong in this situation, though? Right. Actually, yes. But to Kirsten's point, it's like Julie's airing out this dirty laundry, and she won't even talk to Jimmy. Right. For sure. Oh, absolutely. And then like Kirsten probably knows that. Which is, like, uncomfortable and, like, stay in your own marriage. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, she's known Jimmy for so long. Like, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Because, like, if you take out from the situation that um, Kirsten and Jimmy were romantically involved at any time, like, their families have, like, we've already implied their families have been friends, like, since they were teenagers, probably even before that. So it's, like... I don't know. And it's just like, stop talking about it. It's so icky. Like, Julie and Jimmy actually deserve each other because they're both like icky people that don't understand boundaries. Like, don't tell random gossiping people that you want a divorce when you won't even talk to your husband. Like, come on. Like, ugh. I I did like, um, I I will say there was one redeemingly uh, note that Julie did say that was pretty funny. She said, who knew when he knocked me up it would be the best thing that ever happened to you. Um, I thought that was a beautifully delivered line from Julie, which was um, the first one that she's had in a very long time. Um, probably the best that I think I've heard out of her because Kirsten was obviously calling everybody out at this particular moment, but at the same time, Kirsten kind of getting a little bit of humble pie back in her face because Julie knows deep down, right? And we can get into that a little bit later that that you know Jimmy is still madly in love with Kirsten, which is... Weird, very weird dynamic as we continue here. It's so uncomfortable. I hate it. I hate it here. Um, can we talk about Seth going over to Marissa's house? Um, okay. Like, so I posted in a Facebook group about Faith's favorite friendships on the OC. And one of my favorite ones is has always been Seth and Marissa. Just because um, they're really random, you know? Like, they've lived next door to each other this whole time. And it's already been implied they're not friends. Yet, this is, like, the fifth episode. And it's the second time Seth has just rolled up to Marissa's house on his own. It's so cute. I love it. Yeah, it was. A, it's a very sweet moment. Uh, I do agree. I love the dynamic, especially um, after how many years of living next door to each other. They, they really have a lot in common, which, you know, Seth really hates. But at the same time, they're starting to build this friendship. And it's got to be weird. Like, Jimmy just lets random dudes in the house, by the way, too. I just want to throw that out there. I um, um I really think that uh, Jimmy would probably be weird about it if it, Marissa hadn't, one, been dating Luke for, like, they've implied since, like, the <laughs> fifth grade. And then, two, like, he knows Seth isn't going to do anything. You know, like, he trusts Seth. Like, he knows. But it's really funny because, like, growing up, I my parents had this really strict no boys allowed upstairs rule. And, like, my parents wouldn't let any boys, even if they, like, other than, like, my three best friends, because they were gay, but, like, any other boys, like, no way were they allowed upstairs in my house. It was so funny, because, like, Jimmy's over here, like, I'm being investigated by the SEC. Marissa could have, like, seven guys in a room at once. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a strange dynamic, and that's absolutely for sure. Um, it, it was just a sweet moment. It's um, so cute. And then can we talk about how we have another awkward moment, this time from Sandy and Jimmy again, right? For me, it's so weird, okay? As a man um, watching this situation kind of unfold, um, Jimmy kind of goes off the deep end 
And then Sandy kind of goes off the deep end. They kind of go at each other's throat. But Jimmy's more uh, cutthroat. Um, and for me personally, and I, I wrote this down, okay, because in my head, I probably would have punched Jimmy in the face in this particular <laughs> scene. Okay, I'm, I'm just being honest, guys. I wanna, I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm having a moment um, with our audience and understanding that I would I probably, no, I'm not going to say probably, I would have punched Jimmy in the face, right? So then I'm going to flip this to the good side and saying to you guys, we all need to be more like Sandy, okay? <laughs> I literally wrote that down. I said, we all need to be more like Sandy because there's been at least five instances, probably in just this episode alone, that I probably would have punched Jimmy in the face. But are you ever just like, no wonder Holly's dad just like decked him in the face? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I get it. When he got punched in the face, it was like everybody in the room was like, damn, I wish I would have done that first. Like, everybody is, well, he has such a punchable face, but also saying he's just a sleazeball. But that's the element I think I wanted to get from this particular moment. And it's been building, building, building. And I cannot believe Sandy just stands there and takes this from this man. And I mean, he, he doesn't do anything, like nothing at all. Like, man, I would have at least flinched at him. I would have thrown the golf club at him. I would have done something in this particular moment because Jimmy pissed me off. What about you? I I probably would have, like, stormed off or something because I, like, I, he's so frustrating. I just don't even want to talk to him anymore, you know, kind of thing. But, like, Sandy just doing this whole thing, like, not – um, representing him, but, like, helping him build a case to be represented by someone. Like, Sandy already set aside his personal... Fa- it's so funny because, like, every episode he's told Kirsten, set aside your personal feelings for this guy. And it's like, Sandy does do that. And it just shows, like, Sandy doesn't just tell people, like, advice to follow. Like, he does what he tells people to do. And that's why we love Sandy so much. Peter Gallagher, please come on our podcast. Um... But I, it just like makes me respect Sandy more because he doesn't do that. Like, it's like everyone wants to punch Jimmy in the face, especially after all the stuff he's pulled on Sandy, who's trying to help him. Like, oh, I, I totally get it. I would totally want to punch him in the face, but I'd probably just walk away and like never. But it's so awkward because it's their neighbor. Like, he can't just disappear. God, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I don't know. Like I said, my line, my favorite line was, we all need to be more like Sandy. Um, in between scenes here, we obviously, we get Seth, who's completely out of his element, um, who brought Donnie and his crew to uh, Holly Fisher's party, the party queen, sorry, from our sum- synopsis, party queen, Holly. Um, very, um, very early we see Seth is very uncomfortable. Um, and then we're getting flashbacks to, we're getting flash of in betweens between Marissa and and Ryan being all cute and sweet, and Seth on the verge of having a nervous breakdown because he feels like he made one of the worst decisions of his life. At the same time, um, it's so uncomfortable. Can we talk about how much of a rebel Seth is in this episode? Um, like old Seth would have uh, would have probably had the. That's why I don't understand where Anna is because he's being very confident, and that's something Anna was like. You need to do more of this. And I'm like, homeboy is exuding confidence. And Anna's nowhere to see it. It's so sad. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just don't even, yeah, it's weird. And then, of course, um, can we talk about, I, I took for seriousness when Seth said that Ryan could cook. Um, I didn't realize that he was going to cook Marissa grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, I love it because it kind of went like she had mac and cheese and was like, it's my signature dish. And then he was like, I'll cook for you. And it's grilled cheese. It's so funny. Yeah. And then we see Seth. Seth stands up and then kind of gets in the middle of a potential argument. But then um, in between we get we get flashed over to our side. We're seeing Ryan and Marissa have this moment. They're getting ready to have the moment we've all been waiting for. And they took it away from us. I ripped it right out from us. I so when they were in the pool, they had like a moment. And I was like, they're gonna kiss, and then the editing went back to the party, and then it came back to them, and then they were out of the pool. And I'm like, but what happened in the pool? Like, right. did we get a kiss and we didn't get it? Like, why? Why would you do that to us? Like, it was it, really weird. And we've been preaching and praising the filmmaking behind this show, and um, 
what happened in the pool. I need the pool cut. What is it? Yeah. You know, it's the Snyder cut? Hashtag, I need the yeah, pool exactly. cut. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> pool cut. Yeah, I agree. It, that was the one thing that we've really praised over the first uh, four episodes was the cutting and and stuff like that and the editing. And, and this is very strange because you shouldn't have had that moment. You should have just had the moment outside of the pool then, right? You could have uh, led something to them getting out of the pool and then flash to Seth and then, then go back to them where he's like kind of warming her up, right? She's cold. So he wants to warm her up. They could have that moment right there. Instead, you have this weird moment in the pool and then you cut and then they're out of the pool. So it's like, why have the double moment? You kind of took the meaning away from the second one, even though you know that it, the kiss is not going to you know, exactly happen, right? You know what I mean? This is, you know, it, 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 it was just a very weird scene. It was weird and it was disappointing. But I love that um, they show Seth interrupt um, Donnie being aggressive with Summer and Summer delivers more of her terrible lines, and she's like looking down on him for being a bus boy. And she, instead of saying Aren't like you the name, bus boy, she's like ill, random. I'm like, you can't even pretend to learn his name or like anything. But then they show Donnie has a gun, and I'm just like, he brings a gun to a beach party. <laughs> I, it's so bizarre, and it's also like. Who thinks that's cool? Like, it was so weird. And Seth doing the responsible thing, calling Ryan. But let me tell you, my I was so sad to see their date ruined. Because Marissa also brings up the tank top. She's like, Ryan offers her a sweatshirt. And she's like, no, can I borrow one of your tank tops so I can be as cool as you? It's so funny. Just everyone piling on Ryan for his tank tops. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I love I love it's hilarious because I can look as cool as so funny it, it really is. um and then we we got a scene obviously um luke is not missing marissa at all right now um and we can talk about how uh holly you know i'm sorry i apologize party queen holly, party is, queen holly. Is, is not a very good friend either um where you know her and luke in the bedroom kind of getting it on um that was interesting um i I don't know if I really like that either. Um, I know Luke is just kind of like whatever. You know what I mean? I know he loves, quote unquote, Marissa, but he also loves the idea of women and or just girls in general as well. I just wasn't sure. I think what really was was take them out of the scene, right? They had to be out from downstairs for them to set up the scene for them to go back downstairs, right? I just didn't know if this was really the dynamic I really needed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's weird also because in the first episode, they show Luke go to the beach with a girl. And it's like implied that he cheats on Marissa. Right. So I'm like, why would him and Holly have waited if he was already cheating on her? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's weird. If it would have been a random girl, I would have been fine here, right? But obviously we have the dynamic where something breaks downstairs. It affects Holly. Right, because so she has to go downstairs. She has to go downstairs. I just didn't feel like we needed her and Luke to be that dynamic there. And, and I understand they had to take both of them out of the scene, and that was a one way to do it. I just thought it was kind of weird. Um, it, <laughs> this is a hilarious scene. So obviously we have Donnie who's holding the gun at Luke, right? And, well, I like that he calls um like Luke comes down the stairs and he's like, "Look, it's Abercrombie or are you Fitch," <laughs> and it's like. It's so funny because, like, Donnie clearly puts so much work into hating Luke so much. And Luke is probably like, who is this? He doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> like, Summer at least recognized him from the restaurant. But, like, <laughs> Luke is probably like, I don't know who this is. Who is this guy and how did he get into this party? I don't even understand. It's so um, but I loved whenever he's holding the gun and looking at, uh, holding the uh, gun at Luke. And he looks at Ryan and he goes, how much do you hate this guy, Seth? I mean, Ryan, and then he goes, he goes, what about you, Seth? And he goes, yeah, he's definitely flawed. It's so funny. It's such a Seth line. But I also love when they cut to show Seth saying that. He has his arm up, like, guarding Summer from being anywhere near the situation. And I'm like, like, that's so sweet. Like, even when he, like, because you know Seth's probably scared. Like, has Seth ever even seen a gun in real life? Like, <laughs> probably like, not. But he was like, I love Summer. I'm going to. You're going to protect Summer. It was so cute. Until he, like, Ryan and him were, like, fighting over the gun. And I don't know why you would do that. Because obviously someone's going to get shot. And then obviously that someone is Luke. 
Okay, so did I did I miss something? But I feel like I didn't hear the gunshot go off. It was so weird. I was watching it, and I might have missed it, but I swear I didn't hear a gunshot. And it I thought was just maybe... really quiet because even when it went off, I was like, "Really?" Because like the gun looked pretty big. I mean, I don't right, know. So it would have. I felt like it would have been louder, right? It would have yeah, been louder. And for me, like, it, it... there's a gunshot in a later season, and it's definitely way louder than that. <laughs> and I don't get it. It was yeah, weird. It didn't make any sense to me either. But it's I'm just... sorry. If we're talking about like Jimmy being like the drama of the season or whatever, it's like homeboy gets shot. Like that would have like people in my town would have never shut up about that. Like that's crazy. And it's like, yeah, Luke kind of deserved to get grazed by a bullet. No offense to Luke, but <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely. Um we cut to a scene with uh with uh, Kirsten and Julie in the car. Um, very awkward. Um, it's so awkward. It, this to me was, this rivals the awkward moment. No, no, it doesn't. Just kidding. It, it doesn't really because Kirsten, I think, knows. The difference between Sandy and Jimmy was, I don't think Sandy realizes that Jimmy's super madly in love with his wife. I think Kirsten does know because Kirsten says to Julie, she goes, Jimmy loves you. And then Julie fires back, not as much as he loves you. And <laughs> it's so blah. Like <laughs> they just say things to each other that like no one would ever say <laughs> to another person. Like, like especially because like I don't know how long it's been since the whole like explosion in their spa, but like I feel like you wouldn't let it go on further than that. Like you would be like, that's enough drama for the day. But they're like, you know what? I'm just going to be like, my husband's in love with you. And that's why we live next door to you. And it was so, like, nobody says this stuff. It made me want to rip my eyes out. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of cringeworthy moments in the episode. Some of them are good. Some of them bad. Um, Most and, of and them are with the adults, too. It's so funny. It really is. Um. I do think this is before we talk about that last scene, which I which I really liked a lot um, from Jimmy there. But for me, like I felt like this was as we talked about it, we were building up this episode in our heads. It's like, all right, you're kind of waiting for the big thing to happen, right? And it never really kind of happens. We have this moment at the end of the episode where Jimmy is <sighs> Jimmy's being Jimmy um, in, in in a way, and Julie's just being Julie, obviously, but. Jimmy's willingness to sacrifice himself and basically say they have two options. Um, either I go to jail and for the rest of my life, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, we can try to fight this together kind of type of situation, right? And, and he's willing to pick either one. After everything Julia's put him through, he's still willing to let her decide his fate, right? Two questions here. Absolutely. Would you do this if you were, like, not that you would ever be in Jimmy's position because you're not a sleazeball like Jimmy Cooper, but would you do this? Would you offer to do either? Okay, so I'm putting myself in my shoes. Um, am I Jimmy in this predicament with Julie? I guess that's the first question. Yes. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's not Julie. Let's say, like, it's Kirsten. Um, I think... Someone it's, that's been it's... supportive. Right. It's the right thing to do. Um, I don't really understand the dynamic of um, if you're with a person like Kirsten, you that person kind of knows what you've been going through, kind of know what you've been doing. Um, they're not I don't think they're going to turn a blind eye. But with the situation, the way it is, I don't think so. Um, I think this is a conversation where you have to just go into it and be like, all right, look. I want to fight this and we're going to fight this together as a family. It might lead to me being in jail for a little while. It might not, but we're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to sell the house. We're trying to get on top of this. We need to do this together as a family. Right. And that's how you should want to fight it. Um, me personally, that's how I feel like I would approach it. But obviously he's giving her the out and saying, Hey, you know, if you want to divorce me and I'll just, you know, go up shit's Creek, that's how it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Second question. Would oh. Jimmy still have offered Julie this had he known what she talked about to the ladies all weekend? <laughs> Hell no. Uh, but that's the thing. I don't, maybe, probably, because I feel I, like he would I feel have. Like, I feel like he's making the decision based on Marissa. 
right? Yeah, I feel like it's mostly about his daughters and not about Julie. And he... It's so weird because he goes off earlier at Sandy. He's like, when they're on the golf course, he's... Because Sandy tells him Julie's not going to care about losing the house if she has you. And Jimmy's like, whose wife are we talking about here? And... It's like, so he knows what Julie's, like, intentions and everything are, and he still offers her this, which is, like, interesting. But I think it's because he's looking at them as, like, a family unit and not just, like, him and Julie. But it's yeah. weird. Exactly. It's, it's, I don't, it was a very interesting moment for me personally because I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like it at all. Super uncomfortable. Um, all right, so what, what, wait, hold on, sorry. All right, um, let's go with the MVP of the episode. Who do you got? Okay, I don't know if you're ready for this. Uh oh. I am actually gonna go Julie. Oh my god. <laughs> Not because she's a good person in this episode, but because she has some pretty solid moments. And contributed a lot to the episode and the drama of an episode that is primarily fluff and not like a lot of action. And I hate Julie. I want to punch Julie in the face, but like <laughs> she made the episode interesting. What um, do you got? It's kind of funny. I went back and forth in my head who I was going to go to. I, I swore to myself I was never going to pick Julie again. I just, I just <laughs> couldn't do it, even though I think you're 100% right. Um, but the two people I battled with was Julie and Jimmy. And I think I went with Jimmy and the, the biggest reason why I went with Jimmy was (laughs) he had 45 minutes of just absolute terrible dialogue where I wanted to punch the guy in the face and I still do, but his final deliverance of those lines to Julie, putting himself out there as a sacrificial lamb for the right of the family was, is, is a very touching moment. It's a very, uh, grown-up moment and it's really the first one we've kind of seen out of him because a lot of what we've seen out of jimmy so far has been escaping uh conversations ducking out hiding getting punched in the face um not owning what he's done and he's not really done that a whole lot and and finally he has the courage to say to julie look if you know we can sell the house we can fight this or you can just bolt and i'm done you know what i'm saying i'm just gonna go out the lazy river by myself but i want to do whatever's best not really for Julie in this particular situation, but for their daughters and what they're going to go through. And we know that this town is very, um, you know, chatterboxery. So this is going to hang around Marissa's head and and their other daughter's head for the rest of their lives, really, you know, for the time being. So I really liked what Jimmy did there. And that's why I, I picked Jimmy. Only for that last moment, because the first 45 so moments. So not for when he is actively telling his neighbor, <laughs> I'm into your wife. <laughs> I'm madly in love with your wife. Um, God's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it really was. And like I said, it was very hard for me to do that. But once you went Julie, I was going to go Julie. So I wanted to go opposite of you this time and just say, uh, Jimmy, which I think rightfully so, rightfully so for me. Um, that last five minutes was really good for me. So what is your fun fact for the week? Okay, so I have two. Um when Donnie keeps calling Luke Abercrombie, it's actually an inside joke between everyone on the cast and crew because before the OC, the actor that plays Luke, Chris Carmack, used to be a model for Abercrombie and Fitch. She's on a bunch of bags. Oh, that's used fantastic. to do those weird things at the mall where the models would be there. Oh, my God. So they, like, snuck it in to make fun of him because I guess they all call him that, like, offset. Pretty oh, funny. That's great. And then the other one is, um, even though we keep calling this episode a fluff episode, um, the writer of the episode, uh, Melissa Rosenberg, wrote all of the screenplays for the Twilight Saga. Oh my god. Did he really? Yeah, she wrote Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, Part 1, and 2. So, um, you know, bringing the Twilight to the OC. That's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's so funny. I, like, saw that she wrote it, and I was like, wait a minute. It's amazing. I would have been jumping for Julie. I take back anything bad about this episode, I said. I know. I kept (laughs) calling it fluff, and then here we are. And I feel like it was much needed fluff after those first four episodes. You know what I mean? It's really action-packed. It's like, bam, 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 bam. I was like, how on earth is it, um, 
like, how are these seasons 27 episodes? But uh, now I'm like, no, like, oh, there's fluff. Yeah. And that's the thing for me was like, you get so, somebody said that to me. Uh, I think I was talking to the guys at the 50 Years of uh, Music podcast. They're like, yeah, I watched season one and I never really watched another season because there's so much that happens in season one. You feel like there's not many places it could go after that, which is semi true, but at the same time, it's OC, so you watch all the episodes. Um, jam-packed series let me tell you absolutely all right folks uh do us a favor give us both of, both of us a follow on twitter i'm at ricky valera underscore kenzie is at kenzie van Nunu. um do us a favor like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it we really appreciate you guys' support and continuing listening to the show it's exciting uh looking at the numbers and seeing how many people of you guys are tuning in each and every week so thank you so much again for listening this week and hopefully we'll be back next week with a better uh with some with some video as well. Um, had a little bit of technical difficulties before we went on the air. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.